and welcome back to Topics and Tantrums, our first episode of the new podcast. Welcome. My name is Daniel and my co-host is... Gabby. How are you going? I'm pretty good. How about yourself? I'm not really that good, but I'm good. Thanks. How are you? <laughs> yeah, I think I'm on the same boat. Very excited to do our new podcast. I say that in quotation marks. You can't see my bunny ears as I talk, but yeah, yeah. I'm excited it's to be It's very, very exciting. New, new, um, new chapter for us. Yeah. So as you may or may not know, we are starting our new line of podcasts where we're going to talk about different topics and have some tantrums on the way at each other and probably at a few other people. Mm-hmm. I like sounds of that. Awesome. Um, so we're back in lockdown as a future reference of where we are at this time. Yeah. Not fun. Hard life. No, not fun so at all. Hopefully our podcast can give you something to listen to, something to enjoy. You can find us on all our social medias at Topics and Tantrums. On Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and we are also on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Chromebox, Castbox, sorry, and Chromebox, Anchor, and Anchor. Yeah. So today's topic is obviously our first topic of our new episode, and today we're going to be coming uh, covering becoming a parent, um, specifically daddy daycare. So first off, congratulations to my co-host Daniel, who has recently become a father. Very exciting. Thank you very much. I have. It's been a whirlwind, but very exciting. Very, very new to it. We are one day away from two weeks old. And how do you feel about that? Um, pretty happy, to be honest, seeing that no one said that to me yet. You were the first person to like pretty much say that to me. So um, that just hit home, actually. It's very, very heartwarming. Oh, that's good. Do you feel like you're already at that stage where it's like, oh, you're growing too quickly? Or are you like, uh, yeah, like please yeah, grow like, quicker? Oh, bits, bits of both. Um, when you're first born and to now, there's been dramatic changes in his face and body and that. He's changed so much. Like he's just been from this swelly blue person to a proper baby. Um, yeah, he's gone from like a potato to a baby. Yes, exactly right. Um, and I can hear him crying in the background, so my attention just keeps going away. But um i i am looking so much forward to being able to kick a ball around with him and all the other dad stuff that comes along with it so oh, that's good to. i'm excited to put him time. in a liverpool jersey and kick a ball around with him too yeah i don't know about that <laughs> oh, no, Jesus we'll see we'll see you don't what you don't see doesn't matter you remember i'm the auntie yeah him lollies will give him a liverpool jersey and tell him it's our special secret. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That, that sounds fun. Not for me. Yeah. yeah okay. He'll have the best time ever. It's fine. So <laughs> we've now spoken about your little bundle of joy. Tell us about him. What's his name? Uh, Xavier Luciano. We named him. Very nice name. I like it. I think that Xavier just came a bit left field. Yeah, no one saw it coming. No one no, at all. No, so. it wasn't on the list of names you gave me. What, the night prior? Yeah. Um, so we did have a list and Gabby might have seen it a bit earlier than anyone else. But um, <laughs> I mean, hey, I also got to know the sex <laughs> before literally anyone else, including you. So yes, I get the good. Uh, we, we did make a deal. Unfortunately, we were going to miss Gabby's wedding. So we parlayed with knowing the sex of our baby so gabby has been the secret keeper of the group 
for a good yeah. solid nine months. Yeah. Well, maybe not and nine months, but a while. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So now that we've spoken about Beck meant to be missing my wedding, um, mm. what was his date of birth? Tell me, was he actually due on my wedding day? <laughs> He was, and he showed up on what would have been your wedding day uh, yeah. on the 17th. And I knew it. I told you. I told you from the get-go he'd be on that mm-hmm. day. Um, but, yes, only, I believe, 5% of babies come on their due date. Yeah, it's only a small number. So yeah, I think so he did well. Insane. Yeah. So good timing. Good timing, Xavier. You did well. Yeah. He knew that he had to make something good come of the 17th. Yes, yes. Yes, because, unfortunately, you want to break the news to everyone. We had to postpone the wedding, but we'll film an ep- like we'll record an episode about that later. So don't break my heart too much now. No, 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 no. We're going to talk about positive <laughs> things, but yes, he did arrive to bring us everyone a bit of joy on that day. Yeah. So speaking of him arriving, what time was he born? Uh, three sixteen in the afternoon. And how long was the sausage? He was fifty point five centimeters and weighed three point three six. Or nine. I can't remember, but it was 3.3 something. Yeah. Well, I mean, after this episode airs, I'm sure you'll get screamed at by Beck for getting the number wrong. So we'll update you when we figure that out. <laughs> Especially like it's on my phone and everything. But yeah, yeah. It was around three kilo. Yeah. <laughs> so we've already spoken about how exciting life has been with a newborn. I'm sure it's all been mixed emotions or whatnot. So I thought today we'd talk about, you know, this topic a little bit more and to bring it all to our listeners just because Daniel has become a father for the first time, which is fantastic. And we also have a few other people in our lives who are about to take the same path with um, pregnancy and childbirth and parenthood. And I feel like there are a few things that are really aren't spoken about too much or considered. And I think it's important that we create a comfortable and open environment to be able to discuss these things from the perspective of the father, the mother, doesn't even need to be a birth giver or you know, anyone like that, you could be doing surrogacy or single parenthood, or you could be a guardian or someone going through adoption. doesn't matter. We want to make it a comfortable and secure environment for everyone. So as I mentioned, a lot of the time conversations surround the mothers, the warriors who grow, carry, birth, these incredible little wonders. And I feel like there are so many other things that should be highlighted as well as that. So today we're going to be discussing stuff from the father's perspective. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> So question, in the nine months prior to birth, how was it for you? Normally it's all on the mums and or how are you feeling and how are you going and how's your tummy and how are you, you know, how did it go for you? Um, it, it's unreal. It's it's a strange feeling. Like I remember when Beck first told me, I was like, no, is that true? Like you're lying. Go do another test. I lie a pencil fire. <laughs> And when she came back from the doctor and she's like, yeah, I was like, wow, that's not what I was expecting, but, like, that is so good. Like, my heart just bounced out of my chest. Like, something that you can't get ready for. Um, But then it it turns into a whirlwind. Like, I look back now at nine months and it's like, it feels like yesterday. Time has just flown. Um, Like, how many doctors we went and seen and going back and forth and getting all these... Uh, ultrasounds and all these sort of things and you're seeing this little thing grow inch by or not centimeter millimeter by centimeter to inch you know it's crazy um and it's a whirlwind adventure of becoming what we're learning to become a dad so quickly 
and then you see your wife normal and then all of a sudden there's this basketball in front of her like one day Beck's just seeing that she turns around and it's like holy crap you're around which I I can also like really vouch for as well like Beck wasn't very big until right at the end and you know even up until what like six months it was still like are you even actually pregnant woman and then one day we just saw her and it's like wow you're pregnant yeah it, it, it's it's it hits you quite hard like I see a lot of my friends and you know they get pregnant and you see them and you're like oh you instantly you know but Beck was different um and I'm sure a lot of other mothers have that too but when it's in your own family it's 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 pretty cool to see I think anyway. yeah um very it's very nervous too I must say like like you're gonna be a dad and time's yeah. ticking and you're looking at the calendar and it's like oh your life's about to change any second um, yeah so you, not only you that do get a few but butterflies it's like you say nine months and it's you think you know now to the future you think shit that's a long time but when you look back on it you're like that's really nothing it's no time at all it's super, super quick. And if you're doubting, you think you got time to plan and do everything, you don't. Like <laughs> I've already done a few runs to the shops thinking, oh, my God, we forgot to get that. Let's, let's quickly go down and get it or click and collect at the moment. But, yeah, yeah. it's been You learn crazy. as you go. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's a big thing. Learning as you go is a big thing. Yeah. So in the lead up to childbirth, I know that it's a common thing for a lot of dads and parents and all that stuff to have fears and you touched on that before but were there any that really stood out to you um is yeah there's, there's definitely no point in lying about that um i have a big thing about doing something wrong i don't mm-hmm. want to hurt anyone especially a little person like that um i've been like that for a long time someone had a newborn i was like no, 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 I don't want to hold, I'll look and admire. I don't want to pick it up and it starts crying and I don't know what uh-huh. to do. Um, that's been ultra fear forever because um, I don't want to do anything wrong, as I said. And you can't do anything to get around that. Like when the, the doctor throws it into your arms, it's like, and it's yours, yours. Now, buddy, look after it. Yeah, you, you need to. Um, so we'll probably talk about it a bit later, but um, a lot of the courses that we did mm-hmm. leading up into it, they sort of, ease you into it but i was still worried i'm going to do the wrong thing but everyone's on a learning curve yeah exactly um and just another fear that's just kind of popped in mind i don't know how much you've actually made this like common knowledge but i personally you know this is a place of vulnerability and safety so we know that beck had a bit of a hard time through labor not so much her but the baby like xavier mm. um was that ever a fear leading up to the birth that something could go wrong with either Beck or the baby? Oh, massively. Um, that, that That's probably the biggest fear everyone will go through. Um, I, I remember going to the obstetrician visits and that, and they're showing you, they're measuring things and they're trying to work out like if there's something wrong and they're measuring the um, the, the, the neck of the spinal cord where it, if it's so much mil bigger, there's a chance it could have, um, oh, like spina bifida or something like that. Yeah, all these things. And it's just like, oh, my God. Like I had thought of that. But when you're actually sitting in the doctor's room and it's like this person is measuring the distance to see if your life's yeah. going to change dramatically, it's like this massive fear just comes across you. And then you, we wait a little bit and we get the results and it's like, oh, it's all good. It's all good. The baby's looking good. It's looking good. 
And it's like, okay, what's the next step? And it's like, well, we have to check for this later on. We check for that. And it's just like, it's never ending. Um, But you're totally right. The fear right up till he, even after he came out, there was still things happening. And it's just like, please, God, don't let anything happen to my child because, I, I, you know, I don't want anything bad to happen to anyone's child. But when you're in that situation, the fear plays on you something fierce. Of course, especially when you've just witnessed that child come into our world, I think your biggest fear would having that child be taken away as well. So oh, massively. I think it's a it's a I think it's a really common fear that people don't really experience or think too much on until they're in that moment. Yeah. Yeah. Well look, wow. I entered that moment when Xavier came out. I was or if you had a photo like a video on me, I could imagine my facial expressions like and like me knowing you, I know that you don't, I, I knew that going into labor, you wouldn't be handling it very well. This has been a common conversation for us for oh, yeah, nine months. Yeah, um, yeah. So I feel like the adrenaline would have hit you then. And instead of being that fearful person or person who was a little bit nervous about it all, I feel like the, just like the mama bear would have kicked in for back. It's, it's the daddy bear where like you go into protection mode and fight mode and strength mode because you've got to get through it for someone else now. Do you feel like that? Yeah, I, I, I a little bit. I had to get a bit of strength from other people, but um, especially that we were doing birth during a COVID time. Um, mm-hmm. We couldn't have another support person, so we couldn't have Beck's parents with us. Um, so it was all on me giving the support to Beck and the team of doctors giving us the support too. Um, but when Xavier was born and he did come out facing the wrong way, he had problems breathing when he came out, Um I was like, oh, my God, and everything all of a sudden just rushed. Everything, time slowed down, slowed down mm-hmm. but it all went so quick at the same time. Um, there was a rush of people walking in. They pulled him out. They've given him to Beck. Beck's had three seconds hold of him, and then they've thrown him into the respirator machine. Mm-hmm. And I'm standing there. I'm like, no one taught me what I'm supposed to do or stand or what I'm supposed to do here, but I'm like, Oh, my wife's just given birth. My son's just over there now being somewhat resuscitated. What do I do? And then all of a sudden, like, the pediatrician runs in and he's given my son, like, what essentially is mouth to mouth. And he looked up at me and he's, like, looking at me and I'm, like, give me a sign that everything's okay. And he just looked at me this, this strange way and I was, like, oh, everything is good. He's mm-hmm. in the best place possible. I'm going to be the dad now. I'm going to stand here, give love and support, look at my wife and tell her what's happening and everything's going to be okay. And it did. So, you know, you just got to trust and give positive vibes and they shall return to you. Not only that, but from what I've heard from Beck, you did a good job. So I'm proud of you. I I stayed upright. I didn't pass out. So that's a great job for me. Exactly. You already got the tick of approval in that. (laughs) Yeah. So, um. It, it comes down to that I'm very thankful for the doctors and the nurses that we had at that time. They did a fantastic job and um, thank God that they were there because I don't know what I would do if I had to deliver that baby in a car. No way. So. <laughs> well, we're, we're past you know, that now and we've moved positive on. Positive whoever, whoever, If you've ever done that, if you've ever delivered outside of a hospital, you're a champion, 100%. <laughs> you're a next level hero. Yes. So I listened to a podcast called Baby Steps and it's done by a couple of YouTubers, Ned and Ariel, who are mum and dad, you know, they've been married for a few years um, and they basically cover anything and everything to do with parenting in their podcast. 
um, one of the recent podcasts that I listened to was um, about FOMO, right? So like Ariel, the mum, she's got nine months to bond with this baby that she's growing inside her. She then has labor where the adrenaline kicks in and the mama bear instinct kicks in and everything like that. You have the first skin to skin, the first feed and all of that stuff, you know, where you get to build your bonds that you've already had with this baby for nine months. Um, and the dad, Ned, was a bit scared that he wouldn't get to create that same bonds that Ariel had with the baby with his child. Yeah, Did right. you have any fear, any fears like that or similar to that leading up to it all? Look, I can get that some fathers would get that, that you're not, mm-hmm. you're certainly missing out on things. Um, for how long Beck was pregnant would go over to people's houses and they'd be like, oh, you're pregnant, you got baby, and they rub the belly and they there's so much attention on Rebecca. And the joke I had with everyone is I, I just, just stand there and just pick my balls a little bit of a pat and say, good job, because it was just a funny joke at the time because it was never like a thing for the dads. Oh, yeah. like, you know, all the boys, were, oh, congrats, but like the attention was solely on Beck. Um, but realistically, I, I didn't, I never felt that way. Um, to the fact where I was like, I was missing out on anything. Because mm-hmm. uh, I, I did all the classes with Beck. I went to nearly every doctor's visit I could go to before COVID became bad and I couldn't go anymore. And I didn't want to be let myself get pushed aside from anything. I wanted to be dad. I wanted to be involved. I wanted to help Beck as much as possible. I, yeah, there was no, I, I don't feel that I had that fear of missing out. I think that's good. I think some people, would really struggle to establish where they stand with being a first-time parent. Um, And I think that just comes with everyone, really. So I think you did well to not let that happen. And I I think it's fine if people do let that happen, or not so let that happen, but it's it's just what happens without you being able to really do anything about it. Um, And you don't really notice until you're trying to chase what you've already, you know, what's already happened in the past. But, oh, yeah, you, know. you, you can't go backwards. It's it's an impossibility. So you you need to stand your ground. Um, exactly. Do any future dads get involved? There's no push away or anything. It's you, know, you can get as involved as much as you want to, but it's certainly something that you shouldn't shy away from. Like no, and I feel like a lot of the time, and your wife. Yeah, I feel like a lot of the time as well, all the classes and everything like that. If you go to one that makes you feel like, oh, well, it's, it's about the mum and, like, you have to be there just to support her and you're just as part as much a part of that whole situation as she is. As much as you're not carrying that child, you still deserve to be involved every single way that the mother does. So don't let anyone in any situation make you feel like you don't deserve that or you shouldn't be asking for more. Always feel comfortable putting your foot down and asking for more. Yeah. Um, a lot of the of the class that I sp- um, really peaked for me was a class called Calm Birth, and they pretty much, well, I had no idea what to expect, but they pretty much reinstated that you're the dad, you are still important. There's things for you to do during childbirth to help everyone, and you're an essential part to everything. I had no idea. I thought I just sat in the corner and just waved it back when things were done. I, you know, zero idea what was happened. I see childbirth in the movies. That's all I've ever known. Um, but it's totally different to that. Don't watch movies and then think it's going to be that way when your kid comes out. It's not. So. No, and if you are like that when your kid comes out or if you, your partner's like that when your kid comes comes out, send us a DM. We will slap them for you. 
Oh, we went, um, we went and watched a, a birthing documentary at the cinemas again when COVID was okay. Um, and that was interesting because a lot of dads on it were like, oh, we had terrible experiences with doctors and all these sort of things. And you hear all these horror stories. Um, but I guess it comes down to the experience you have, but how much you want to be involved and who you're dealing with. So don't ever back down from anyone. You have rights. Mm-hmm be there you have rights to look after your child and your spouse or partner do it because you're not going to regret it i don't not only that not last and i did and everyone's given me a high five so it's totally worth it not only that but um don't forget my kind of thoughts gone now but um what i was essentially (laughs) going to say was don't feel like oh we might have to come back to this. We'll come back to it. If I remember, I'll jump in somewhere. Okay. Um, right. So next question. Have you put any thought into how much your relationship with Beck will change and possibly be affected by now having like a baby like Zaza? Zaza. Oh, you've already given him the nickname. I love that. It's um, Zaza. He's a Zaza. He's Zaza. So how much our relationship will change? Oh, well, I guess in time, you can pretty much guarantee that it, it will um, in some way. Um, you guarantee that by the time this airs, I'm going to be tired. You can probably see black around my eyes <laughs> at the moment. Um, so we're definitely going to be losing a bit of sleep, and we have, so it's things to get used to. Um, but if, if things will change, I, I can only see things getting stronger. Um, there's so much love between all of us now. I was just saying before when we were having dinner, um, oh, look, we're a little family unit now. Like We're our own yeah. little family unit. And it's cool. It's cute and it's fun. Um, but it's continuing to be a team. So it's not, and she said it, and Beck said it too, it's not just you and I anymore. It's myself, Beck, and Xavier. So we're now a bigger team. We're a bigger family, mm-hmm. but we have to stay together. And that will be the change that we just need to incorporate another team member in um, mm-hmm. and just flow with that. So that, that's that's where we're looking at that sort of question. Have you put any thought into how things like, obviously when there's a child involved, your relationship changes a little bit. You don't get those date nights and those moments where it's just the two of you or that time where you can just go, let's just go away for the weekend and let's just go do this and let's just go do that. Have you put any thought into how much that'll change and how you'd work your way around it? Yeah, a little bit. Uh, a few things have crept up. It's like, oh, I can't just run down the road to go to the shops. I need to put him in a capsule and carry a bag and do all these sort of things. Um, so moving forward, like going on dates and stuff like that, we haven't got that far just yet, but I guess at some point we'll have to have that discussion. I think everything's a discussion, like how we're going to manage this. Um, but I think for the first few years, at least, it's going to be a bit of a social and cultural change to mm-hmm. getting used to having that third wheel. Do you want to, uh, that sounds so terrible, but you know, <laughs> a little follower hanging around. Um, but I guess at some point too that we need to accept that it takes a tribe, it yeah. takes a village, you say, to raise a child. Um, and I'm sure we have some a few uncles and aunties that would be dying to babysit. Um, or I can have. I am waiting. Wife and have some dinner in peace. And you can. Look I am waiting for the day that I get a knock so, on my door and a baby left in my get, like my driveway. 
Oh yeah, and a bag and a little note. Yeah. What's the TikTok? The ding dong one. There you go. Yeah, ding dong. I'm waiting for it to happen. <laughs> yeah. So that, that it, it is a discussion to have. Um, it is a thought process that your life is changing, and again, you're looking after a little person, so things aren't going to be the the single life, I guess, sort of outlook anymore. Even the relationship life, it's mm-hmm. family life now. So it it but it's a different stage. It's something to look forward to either way. Exactly. And I think it's good that you have that mind frame about it. So good for you. Good on you. Thank you. Thank you. So my next question is a little bit toppy, uh, touchy. And obviously you don't know what question I'm actually asking now. Oh, you're um, throw, the throwing question. Okay. I'm yeah. throwing a question. Yeah. So I'm not going to go in depth because that's it's not my place to discuss. Yeah. But obviously there have been issues in your upbringing. Yeah. In terms of a few people and whatnot. Have you put any thought into what the future might hold for you and back if anything did, you know, go astray or anything like that and how you'd raise your child, whether it's even just you or Beck or anyone else in your lives that may flip the switch a little bit, how you'd raise your child to not hate or, you know, go astray from certain relationships or uh, do wrong? Um, ooh, that's a rough question. I want my son to grow up loving his family mm-hmm. and to understand what family means is that you never turn your back on anyone. Like your family can piss you off, but you've got one family. Mm-hmm. You can't choose them, unfortunately, sometimes. Um, but for Xavier, I want him to grow up knowing the truth of everything. Mm-hmm. Um, he needs to know that sometimes in life you're not going to win. You can do everything right, but you still won't win. And that, that's the, that's the, that's what I want to instate in my children, child, children, whoever they may come. Um, you need to do the right thing. You need to be positive, uh, but you need to accept that sometimes shit's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So he needs to. Um, so moving forward for that is that. Um, you really thrown me with this. Good. Um, I told you I'd stump you. Yeah, that he need. I want him to understand that he needs to work forward with his family, mm-hmm. um, and that if something were to happen with Beck and I, and we can't mm-hmm. raise him, um, I really want our family to look after him in the way that mm-hmm. I would state. So mm-hmm. I'll be off to going to do a will to make sure all this gets written. <laughs> too, so. Yeah. Good stuff. I think um, the important thing that you said there was you can't pick your family. And I think the other good thing that I, I, I really do like about you and your friendship with everyone else is you can't pick your family, but when shit goes wrong, you can pick your friends and your friends become your family. And I feel like that will be something big that you instill in Xavier. Oh, 100%. Um, so luckily enough for me, the probably my closest circle of friends are still my high school friends that I've known too long now. Shout out to them. Um, but we are a tight unit and there's a few follow-oners from that as well who have become a very tight unit. And Thank you. Yeah, you're a follow-owner, but yeah. Um, my friend, as I said, it, it takes a village and my little village will definitely help in raising him with core values that I think we all share to be a good person. And that's what I want him to be. I don't want 
hate in his heart because hate gets you nowhere. It doesn't. Exactly. Um, it's only going to bring you down. So if people are shit to you or, you know, bully you or anything like that, that that's their problem. You don't ever stick to a lower level. You take the high ground because you always win off the high ground. Exactly. I like your mindset about all that. And I, I honestly do think that this little kid, this little Zaza, little Xavier that, you know, you've brought into this world, I think he's got the best group of people that he could ever possibly have, not only by his side, but carrying him through life, no matter what. I think you've yes. really created the best environment for him. Well, um, that, that's exactly right. It's, it's the environment that I want him to grow up in. Um, I'm, you could probably say I'm very picky with who I let into the inner circle. So I only want people who have those good values and going to teach him the right things to do without being a prick about it in a way, if you can follow what I'm saying. I follow that. So now that we've covered your story, have you got any tips for anyone who's about to go through the same situation as someone who's not carrying a baby but is still a part of parenthood? Do I ever go to every class you can? I'm not joking. Do it. It's not a waste of time. I remember when Beck said to me, oh, we're going to do a birthing class. I was like, oh, really? What what am I going to have to do in this? Honestly, it was the best weekend I ever had. I met so many cool people. Um, I asked so many stupid questions and I was embarrassed the whole time. And I'm thinking, man, people are going to think that I'm so stupid. And I put my hand up for a few questions and the teacher's like, oh, that's really good. I'm glad you asked that, Daniel. And the guy behind me tapped me on the shoulder and he's like, Thanks for asking that because I was too embarrassed to ask that as well. And I was like, yeah, okay, that's cool. Um, these, these classes are going to teach you and give you some information that you don't learn in life. Because if you're just watching movies and watching TV shows and you just listen to the media, you're not getting the right information. There's so many things that I had no idea even existed to do with kids in childbirth. And these classes just lay it on the line for you and help you so much. So if you've got any weird questions you got something that you just don't understand get in there and ask it and they're going to lead you in the right direction to be a positive caregiver during your child's early life uh, a positive reinforcement for your partner during childbirth and you can't get away from that you need to be positive Mm -hmm. i think that's good tips good advice Mm. so that's the end of our episode of becoming a parent um, we're definitely going to keep coming back to this topic and hopefully have a few more guests on where we're, you know, who are going through the same thing or have been in the same situation in the past, whether it be from the father's perspective, from the mother's perspective, from an adoption perspective, any perspective, any perspective that's on parenting, we want to try cover. Yeah, I totally agree. And as I become a parent in longer term, we can visit back and see how we're going and new tips and tricks. Mm-hmm. That you've learned along the way. How to put a baby to sleep, yes. How to kick a ball, I don't know. We might even have to do an episode of what it's like being a first-time auntie. I'll take you all the guts of how to screw up this child and then hand them back to the parents. (laughs) I think a fun episode would be my first night babysitting. It'll be the best night ever. (laughs) Remember, I used to be a nanny, so I got this shit covered. Yeah, you, you've got the goss. So, okay. I got the goss. Right, we'll Remember see. who you came to for a lot of the questions. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's all right. So if you have any questions in relation 
jump into our DMs, uh, get onto our socials, ask away. If you want to come and appear on the podcast because you've got a point to make, let us know. Yeah, jump into our DMs. We will definitely take on anything that you've got to say, even if it's not about parenting. Let us know what you want to talk about. We'll have you on. We'll find a space for you. Yeah. That's the end of it. So until the next time, we'll see you later, haters. Bye.